On the phone line with us today is Dr. Paul Kangor. He is a professor of political science, Grove City College. Dr. Kangor, it's a, always a joy to talk with you. Well, thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you. Um, we've been hearing in the news about a group. I don't know anything about them, really, but they're called Antifa, or however you pronounce it. And so I thought maybe we'd ask you about that today, and perhaps you can enlighten us a little bit. What is with this group that we hear about nowadays? Well, it's a good question, Dan, and it, it's kind of uh, Antifa is one of the harder ones to pin down. You know, there's um, you know there's groups out there like you know the Workers World Party, Communist Party USA, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, which, you know, to some people, they might think that that's just a kind of like a, a, a group that, um, that, that defends African-Americans. Uh, Black Lives Matter is actually very radical, right? This is mm-hmm. not the NAACP. You know, the NAACP is very left-leaning, but Black Lives Matter is way to the left of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Antifa, which basically stands for anti-fascist, is... Well, for one thing, it's hard to call them anti-fascist. <laughs> right. Yeah, because of, of the tactics that they use, which are very violent, very extremist, and, you know, some would call their tactics fascist, fascist tactics. Okay. Uh, but I, I think you know, they're, they're, they use anti-fascist in the sense of, in a long tradition of people on the extreme left, who like to portray anybody on the right um, as being like far right fascist, mm-hmm. and you know that gets into a whole kind of ideological, almost political science argument as to whether or not there's a big difference between fascists and communists. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Ronald Reagan used to say there's not a dime's worth of difference between the two, and there there is there there is definitely a dime's worth of difference, but it's important to understand that. Both fascists and communists were about abuse of government, about abuse of dictators. They, you know, they they both favored that. And in fact, you know, the the prototype of fascism, which is Hitler, the Nazis. Well, Nazi was was a, an acronym, actually more like a shortened acronym for Nationalist uh, Socialist German Workers Party. Mm-hmm. And you know, so anybody. You just think about that, you know, Socialist Workers Party. <laughs> it doesn't exactly sound like, you know, laissez-faire, Milton Friedman, Ronald Reagan-type free market mm-hmm. economics people. So, you know, that was very much an extreme left group. And another kind of classical fascist would be Mussolini in Italy in the 1920s and 1930s. Mussolini was a Marxist. You know, Vladimir Lenin admired the writings of Mussolini. Lenin, Lenin used to say, um, you know, there's somebody who really gets it. It's that Mussolini in Italy. He really understands Marx, yeah. right? Yeah. He really understands communism. And, and, and the early communists called themselves socialists. You know, Lenin, Lenin's party was the Social Democratic Party of Russia. till so, so they met in January 1903, Outside of Russia, away from the Tsar, they met in about a two-week conference in Brussels and London, where the these social these social democrats of Lenin split into the majority and the minority. The the majority called themselves the Bolsheviks, and the minority called themselves the Mensheviks. So you know, there there's not a lot of real big difference uh, among these. And if if there's one thing about Antifa, 
they kind of show their colors by claiming to be anti-fascist, which is in a sort of long tradition of radical leftists mm-hmm. who've always done that. And so, if anything, they um, you know they they are kind of radical far left, more more on the socialist communist left, and they're flying under the banner of of opposing fascism, and yet they often do it in in very fascistic with very fascistic tactics. Yeah, that's what's confusing to me. Thanks for uh, pointing that out. And what characterizes these people once in a while, if you, if you see them, you catch a vision of them on TV or whatever, they, they don't want to show their face. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very, that's very typical of their secretive nature. It reminds me of a burglar coming in at night. Well, it, that's well put. And really, in a sense, that's what they're doing. And, and they're concealing their faces in order to commit crimes yeah. um, against property, against people. And, and in that sense, it's, it's very fascistic. And, and I should add, too, I think this is a really important point. Antifa is really hard to pin down because you can't really identify a ringleader. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's hard to know, you know who's the person or persons behind Antifa. And you can you can do that a little bit with with Black Lives Matter. There's um, a guy out there, uh, Martinelli, who's just written a book on this group, and he, on Black Lives Matter, and he's pinpointed two or three kind of faces behind the whole thing. Sure. You could do that also with Communist Party USA. Communist Party USA always has a chairman. Um, you know whether William Z. Foster, Earl Browder, Gus Hall, or modern day people like like Sam Webb. You know, there's always a person mm-hmm. behind it. If you go to the website of one of the agitators of the Charlottesville blow-up, in addition to Antifa, Revolutionary Communist Party USA. Uh, I follow this group. I've followed them for years. If you go to the, the website of Rev- Revolutionary Communist Party USA, their face is a guy named Bob Avakian, who they call Chairman Bob, who is, who's a Maoist. And, and, you know, he's, it, it, that is a, a, very much a cult of personality group. But with Antifa, there, there's no fingerprints. There's no face. So I, I think in a sense, that's their strength. Well, sure. Right? They're like legion, sure. to, to, to borrow, you know, from, from, the, from biblical imagery. They're out there. They're, they're out there causing their problems and their chaos. If you had to shut down Antifa, if you had to arrest the ringleader, I don't even know, I don't even know how you would go about doing that. And in a sense, that's, that's their strength. Yeah, I wonder how they communicate amongst themselves and organize these, these whatever it is, these, these violent uprisings. It, that, that's a great question. And from what I can tell, it seems to be social media, uh, you know, perhaps Facebook, perhaps Twitter, even then, okay, who's running the Facebook yeah. for them? Yeah. Who, who's doing it? Who's giving the orders? Where are they meeting? Are they meeting anywhere? Or are they just emailing each other? And, and, and this, this is a job, frankly, for the FBI. Yeah. And I get frustrated, too. Today we're talking with Dr. Paul Kangor. I get frustrated, too, at the way language is twisted, sometimes to mean something in opposite to its original meaning that really frustrates me yeah and 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 they're really good at it i mean that's really what what the the political left excels at i mean you and i dan we've talked about 
enough, done a number of shows talking about marriage. You know, they, they've redefined marriage. Yes. Uh, they're now redefining gender. Mm. They redefined sexuality. Starting with Roe v. Wade, they started redefining a life in the womb. Um, you know, they're, they're really good at, 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 at redefining things and com- coming up with their own labels and then also kind of using their labels tactically, a- a- almost like clubs. I think of phrases, words like tolerance and diversity. They, they don't believe in tolerance and diversity. They, they use that. I mean, for them, it's tolerance for me, but not for thee. Right. Diversity for me, but not for thee. Right. So if you're a Christian baker or florist or photographer, and you don't want to provide services to a same-sex wedding ceremony, they don't tolerate you at all. They shut you down. <laughs> There's no diversity for you. No. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's, ju- it's just the opposite. You know, they want you to tolerate them, and their views, they won't tolerate you. And that's not, you know, that's not what tolerance is. Yeah. Tolerance isn't about just agreeing with things you agree with. I mean, that's easy. That's yeah. not tolerance. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, that's what they do. I know you've, you're tight on time today. One last question, if I may, and that is... Sure, um, take your time. I'm okay. That is... Um, in a godly society, in a constitutional republic, uh, informed by the scriptures, let's say, if someone disagrees with a, a policy or something that's gone on, what is the right way for redress? Hmm. Yeah, boy, that's a good question. And I think it probably depends on, on the policy, the issue at hand, mm-hmm. right, the law. And, I mean, there are plenty of unjust laws. And, yeah. you know, we... We in this country have been kind of conditioned to you know, almost worship democracy, right? Mm-hmm. That if um, if it's arrived at democratically at the voting booth, well, well, then it's right. Then mm-hmm. then that's just the way it should be. And I mean, maybe to an extent, in a representative republic like we have, that's that is in fact those are the rules of the game, right? Mm-hmm. A majorities decide things, and sometimes you have to live with them with those decisions, even if you don't like them. But it doesn't make it right, and yeah. you know whether you have Dred Scott deciding that that you know African Americans aren't full human beings who should be accorded full citizenry, whether Roe v. Wade deciding that some human beings in the womb aren't aren't considered human beings worthy of the protection of, of the laws of the state, mm. or whether you've got people you know redefining you know the, the two thousand year old Western Christian understanding of marriage between yeah. one man and one woman. So in 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 our, in our system, I, I I think when these unjust laws are created, you have to find ways to peacefully try to organize people to your point of view and and to try to get them changed. And, yeah. Which I guess brings us back to Antifa, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> that, does. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be their 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 modus operandi. Uh, they, they, you know, they they have a totally different way here. If if you don't agree with them, they're going to shut you down. They're going to shout you down. Uh, I mean, you you think of the of the so-called alt right, radical pro-Nazi forces that came into Charlottesville. Well, yeah, I certainly don't support any of those guys, no. but. Those guys are do, doing what the far left does. They're coming together to protest. And what happened with the with the opposing elements in Charlottesville is they didn't want to let them protest, so they came in and shut them down, and then mm-hmm. you had a blow-up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we I guess we kind of have to support the right of both sides to protest, 
and sometimes it's just not a good idea to go there and confront them in the streets. No. And and think everything is going to turn out all uh, all rosy. No, many Christians are praying that God will have mercy upon us and send a mighty revival and reformation of our land and, uh, you know, return to um, the Lord, <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's really our only hope. But I, I don't want to sound overly simplistic there either, because once we return to the Lord, then we have a responsibility to do what is right and uh, he tells us what's right in his word. And these groups, whether it's uh, the KKK or Antifa, they're far from the biblical uh, perspective. They are. And they're, they're also, I mean, I, I don't mean this as like a, a judgmental statement. I think it's a statement of fact. A lot of people that are in these particular far-left groups are anti-religious. Yeah. Um, you know, the, these tend to be very atheistic groups. You know, these aren't like a group of progressive, religious left, social justice Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, these people are, far, are far the, from the farthest fringes of the antagonistic, anti-religious um, left. Yeah. They are, um, and they, uh, you could see the lack, I think, of grace and peace in their hearts, and especially... With, with Antifa, I mean, you know, this is really, this is kind of the worst of the worst. The, it, it, if, if this is a symbol of, um, of what the more extreme left is capable of, and it, and it seem, they seem to be growing in popularity, mm. then, then we're in for some really, uh, we're in for some battles and some, yeah. some nastiness in the days ahead. Yeah. Um, a couple more minutes, if I may. Um, sure. I, I, I'm... I'm very encouraged. Um, you know, there's so much to be discouraged about, but I am very encouraged when I see Christian families, um, uh, you know, let me say right out, having a lot of kids and and raising their children uh, in the fear and admonition of the Lord, um, seeking out good education f- for these children, whether it be private education or homeschooling or really monitoring closely public school. Um, but I'm encouraged by, by these families. Um, what have you observed? You're an educator. You get the back end of, of the kids that are feeding up through your system to the university level. Well, I'm in kind of an unusual situation being at Grove City College in that you know, this, this is a serious four-year Christian college. Mm. And, and so we get a huge number of kids who are like my own kids, my own family, they're homeschooled. Um, you know, my, my kids, my wife and I, our kids go through a combination of mostly homeschool, but also of the kids going to a, a local private Christian school sure. as well, where they go. I have one daughter who goes there a couple days a week, and the other days she's homeschooling. And so a lot of our kids are, are being taught completely differently from how the kids are being taught in the public schools, the government schools. And, it, and it's really, I think, the public and government schools where, where the, the powers that be, and here again, this is the work of a lot of secular liberals out there, they're, they're refusing to teach religion. Um, you know, the, the idea of teaching even like biblically-based virtue, let alone values, is considered verboten if it's associated with scripture or religion. So they banish all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and, and they create products like these, who then go off into even 
more wildly secular universities that are even more hostile to religion. Right, right. And that's what we see spilling out into the streets. I mean, think about this. It, it's probably no coincidence, Dan, that the blow-up in Charlottesville happened in Charlottesville, which is home to the largest university in the state of Virginia, mm. right? It, it's, it's the University of Virginia. And so a lot of these, um, a lot of these worst, uh, a lot of the worst of the protests, the Berkeley one that happened with uh, Milo Yiannopoulos last year, a lot of these are happening at universities, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's no coincidence. Yeah. The other day we were talking with um, the, the head of Chapelfield Christian School uh, up here in the, the Pine Bush area of New York State, and he was mentioning that they partner with homeschooling families. Uh, maybe you've seen something like that where you're located, where sometimes uh, there's, a, there's a course or something that the homeschooling mom doesn't really feel capable of, of teaching or doesn't want to teach, and, and here's this wonderful Christian school comes alongside and, and helps teach a course or fold them into sports or do some music or something like that. And it's a wonderful uh, partnership. I love to see that. Yeah, yeah, we do that. We, we, we do a lot of that. And even, uh, you'll probably laugh at this knowing that I'm a writer, but, uh, but we have uh, our kids when they become a certain age, usually around ninth or 10th grade, take a, a writing course at the, oh, yeah. at the local Christian school. And some people might say, Ken Gore, can't you teach your own kids how to write? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's a lot you can do at home. But at some point, it also helps to have them in a regular classroom setting with a different teacher who's been teaching writing for years in kind of a very structured, specific, sort of intentional way, right. and give them a different perspective on, on writing. Or, um, or, you know, trigonometry. I can't teach my kids trigonometry, yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, so, or music. I mean, we have all of our kids play music. It's wonderful. My oldest daughter, she's 15, she plays harp. Um, I've never played an instrument in my life. <laughs> I mean, I... Yeah, my wife was pretty good at piano, but she hasn't played that for years. So all the kids are learning music through a local Christian school or if we um, hire a local music teacher. So I think parents listening, you, you need to do more of this. Take your kids out of a, out of a public school that's hurting them, if it's hurting them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the, 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 what's more important than the nurturing of, of, of the soul of your kids? Amen. And then, and then after that, send them to the right college. Don't don't form them. Don't do proper formation with them for eighteen years, and then blow it all by sending them off to Cal Berkeley for four years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, any other encouraging words for families that are watching the uh, scene on TV now and then, catching the news, the evening news, and saying, "Oh man." Everything is going to pot here. We've got Antifa. We've got this group, that group. Any uh, words of encouragement for those parents? Yeah, well, Dan, I, I would say, I would tell them, um, don't be afraid to, to be countercultural and raise your kids in the way kids have been raised for thousands of years <laughs> yes. until about the last 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. This modern idea of sending them off to daycare or pre-daycare or preschool or pre-preschool and then marching them off like sheep into the government school is very, very modern. Very, I mean, this is the latest blip on, on the historical radar. Yeah. You know, do, do what's worked in, in the past. And, you know, it, you, you, we're, God's will for, for humanity 
is is for the family. Amen. And and you know and you know, raise your children the right way at home with the right formation. Don't hand them over to people that would hurt their souls, mm. whether they think they're not hurting them or not. But if they have these different values for you that are not Christian values, don't turn them over to those people. Mm. So you know, take charge of your own parenting and your own family, which is what it is the homes that that are the primary provider of education for for the children. One last thing, and I see this. Um, I'm, I'd hinted at it before. Families having children, um, oftentimes it seems to me, my perception is that those who are left leaning, who would appreciate Antifa, are not having children or having very few of them. And uh, I find it encouraging that Christians are having a lot of children. Yes, you're exactly right. And there's an interesting article in American Spectator this past week by an Orthodox Jewish writer. And, you know, Orthodox Jews are the more conservative ones. Right. And they have children as well. Yeah, they're even even against birth control, Mm -hmm. um, you know, akin to to Mormons, of Mm -hmm. all things, Mm -hmm. who, you know, Orthodox Roman Catholics. And to many evangelicals, and and he pointed out that you know it's the Orthodox Jews that are the have, having the kids, whereas secular ones, many of them are not. And um, if, forget about Jews. You know, this is true with um, religious people versus non-religious people generally. Yeah. And uh, you know they, the 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 bigger families in the evangelical and Roman Catholic communities are the homeschooling families. Uh, so, yeah, so, however, uh, Robert Bork said this a few years ago before he died. One of my students took courses from Robert Bork mm-hmm. in, uh, in Michigan when Robert Bork taught at um, Ave Maria University. And, and Bork lamented, he groaned, he said to the student, yeah, you're right, the, the conservative families are having the children, but they blow it when they send their kids off to these secular universities. Yes, yes. And, 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 and Bork was exactly right. Uh, in that. And, and we need to be the generation that stops that. Otherwise, you know, little Jimmy or Susie is going to come home at Christmas break supporting the redefinition of marriage um, with her saying that she's a he and, and yeah. telling you why you should be giving your tax money to Planned Parenthood. Yeah. It, don't let that happen. You know, yeah. please don't let that happen. God showed me mercy because he kept me in a kind of a technical approach you know and i took the technical courses went to engineering yeah, school and right, it was which are usually safer yeah it was a different ball of wax you know we had to take some junk <laughs> but yeah. you know you were spared a lot of that stuff um, it's true let's say somebody is listening today they say that's paul kangor i want to go to his school how would they go to your school oh well thanks yeah so i teach at grove city college in grove city pennsylvania and you could just google us or also check out our think tank on campus. I, I'm the executive director, and that's called the Center for Vision and Values. So if you just Google Center for Vision and Values, that will that will pop right up. And we're we're tight on time today, but I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you in the past as well as today, Doctor Kangor. May God bless your work, dear brother. Oh well, thank you too, Dan, and God bless you and Redeemer Broadcasting and all that you guys do. Thank you. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. The perfect wisdom of our God.
revealing all the universe, all things created by His hand and held together at His command. He knows the mysteries of the seas, the secrets of the stars are His. He guides the planets on their way. And turns the earth through another day. The matchless wisdom of His ways that mark the path of righteousness. His word a lamp unto my feet. His spirit teaching and guiding me, and all the mystery of the cross that God should suffer for the lost, so that the fool might shame the wise, and all the glory might go to Christ. Will in your perfect way. 